If you're a young person in the workforce, make sure you join groups. And then guess what? Show up. Nobody is too busy not to give back. But those connections, those little fraternities that you create, if a young lawyer, a former president of a young lawyers association calls me, I pick up the phone. We have a lot connections and long-term connections. So don't just focus on your job. Focus on marketing and networking too, because it'll get you where you want to go. There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world. My name is Marianne Fairmouth. I'm an executive recruiter, career coach, author, and speaker. And today I am just delighted to have with me a person I have the utmost admiration and respect for. I met this person several years ago at Rice University. We were both attending a conference and we sat down together at a table. The rest is history. She's become a dear friend of mine. She's someone that I refer clients and applicants to. I wanted to have her on the show today because I think she can provide some really good information for people out there looking to work or hire a professional that really will keep them on a positive road. And her name is Melanie Bragg. Melanie Bragg is an attorney. She's an author of three books. She's a speaker and she's a mindfulness leader and trainer. She's one of those rare but highly sought after people that really has her finger on the pulse of these current times and the needs of both corporations as well as individuals. I want to have her uh, on the show because I think that in these changing times, people need to know about a person like this as a resource because I think it can prevent a lot of situations that might be very expensive and damaging. Without further ado, let me introduce Melody Bragg. Melody, say hello to everybody. Oh, hello, everybody. I'm just so honored to be here. Mary Ann, you are just, you are a powerhouse yourself. You are a whirlwind of ideas and great inspiration for all of your audience. So it's really an honor to even be asked to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, well, it's an honor for me to have someone like you on my show. Melanie is so accomplished, but her integrity level is so high. She's done so many things. I know you've written a lot of books. Tell us how that all got started. I mean, how, you know, I know you started your career as an attorney, but it seems like you just kind of had a springboard of things that you did. So tell us how you got started and about your, all your, your books and things of that nature. Well, honestly, honestly, it got started because it just became naturally. I think I wrote the story of my life on my mother's typewriter when I was about six years old. So I was always with a book. My very original smartphone was my book, my spiral notebook, and my pencil. You never saw me without all three of those things. So that's how I've been my whole life. And I didn't know I was going to be a lawyer, but my father kept saying to me, Melanie, Anybody with brains like you would be fooled to waste them. Get your law degree. So I just kind of follow what my dad said because he told me I could do anything I wanted to do after that. And I believed him and he was right. Well, that's wonderful. It's so funny you say that because in high school, I wanted to become a lawyer. I really did. Kind of took a different path, but I've always been fascinated with the legal field and, and people in it. So tell us, I know the book that you, the one I'm real familiar with is The Defining Moments. I think that book's won so many awards, but Tell us into that one and 
and about more your soul and all about the mindfulness practices and, and procedures that, that you write about. Okay. It started out, I went to the Maui Writers Conference a few years ago before I'd even written anything. And I met Jack Canfield, the co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. He got the Guinness Book of World Records for having seven of the Chicken Soup books on the New York Times bestseller list at the same time. So he was a prolific storyteller. And I wondered why there was never a Chicken Soup for the Lawyer's Soul out. And one time I asked Jack at one of the seminars I was with him at, and I said, Jack, why wasn't there a Chicken Soup for the Lawyer's Soul? And he kind of looked up and he quipped. He said, wouldn't that kind of be like the book, What Men Know About Women? You open up the pages and there's nothing on the pages. Well, I, really, I, I really got my feelings hurt about that. I was like, no, lawyers are, no, lawyers are amazing. Most of the successful lawyers I know, which there's many of them, they're really prolific public servants. You know, public service goes hand in hand with success. There's a balance between personal success and public service. So that's why I did Defining Moments Insights into the Lawyer's Soul, because I wanted to show what amazing lawyers can do for the public. Well, I think that's wonderful. And I think that, you know, a lot of people might have at times a different, a different mindset about lawyers. And I think bringing a book out there that kind of uh, talks about the lawyer's soul, I think was a real brilliant idea. Candidates and also companies come to me a lot these days. They're unsure about how to handle some certain situations. And, you know, this podcast is all about helping people navigate the new work world and preventing them from, from getting into situations that might be very harmful or costly to them. So from your side of the desk, as a lawyer, working with both candidates as well as companies, what are some of the lessons that you've learned or that you could share with people out there to not get themselves into a legal situation what do you think the important things are? Because things have changed so much right now. And, and like, right. for example, I was, I was talking in the Blue Room about this. So many people that have lost their jobs lately have decided to become entrepreneurs. And when you decide to become an entrepreneur, you really need good legal advice. So tell us some of the things that, that you could give to our listeners out there, tips that might help them in these changing times from a legal perspective. Well, you know, the main thing is, and I've always been a preventative legal lawyer, I'd rather set it up from the get-go correctly. I find myself now, after nearly 40 years of being a lawyer, I do a lot of cleanup work now, where I'm having to clean up situations that either other lawyers have messed up or people, it's so complicated. It's a lot harder and a lot more expensive to clean it up on the other end than it is to do it correctly on the front end. So I love small businesses that are smart enough to say they have enough common sense to say, hey, I know I can do this myself. I know I can pay this company X amount to do it for me, but I would really rather talk to a real lawyer about it and double check on it. And I do those things, those setups for a very reasonable price, probably a lot less than a lot of my competitors do. But I want to get those, I want to train those young businesses to know that having a good lawyer on your side from the beginning will be so much less expensive in the long run. Because litigation, once if you come to me and you've been sued, it's going to be a pretty penny to get you out. Even if we do end up getting you out of it, you can beat the rat, but you can't beat the ride on those legal fees, right? So the best thing to do is to get it to where you understand your provisions, you understand what your duties and responsibilities are, and you do it correctly from the get-go. So that's the main piece of advice I would give everybody. Spend that I charge like 350 for one hour initial consult 
spend that $350. It is the best money that you could ever spend. I agree. I agree. And the other thing too, is that, you know, I, I see that some of these HR people that I deal with, Melanie, are very concerned right now about hiring the right people. But sometimes in so doing, the questions they're asking these interviewees are not always 100% lawful questions. And I tell them, you know, in certain states right now, you cannot ask what somebody's been making. You have to say something like, what is your salary expectation? Okay. All right. You brought up something else now that makes me curious. And I think people out here, out there listening need to know about this. If we are an at-will state, termination at will, all right? So if an applicant comes in to do the job and for whatever reason, come in on time, they don't perform, you know, they have to be, you know, with the responsibilities, the duties. I mean, of course, they have to be documented and written up. But essentially what you're saying is that that employer can pretty much let you go for any reason. If that's, is that what that at-will means? You know, it's really hard to defend. I mean, just like I said, it depends on the size of the business and what rules that they have to follow. But yeah, it's not easy in Texas to fight if you get fired. But I think the other thing too, we talked about this also in the Blue Room, is that especially now since the pandemic, I think that relationship, service orientation, mindfulness practices, having more of the we mentality as opposed to the me mentality. In other words, going into your place of employment and not looking at what is in it for me, but how can I make a major contribution to that organization? I think in these times, even more so now than pre-pandemic, that those practices or mindfulness concepts are even more important. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, yes, I really do. I mean, I thought I was, quote, unquote, mindful until I started really digging into it. The minute I started writing my mindfulness column in 2017 was the day that I said, oh, oops, I got to do this myself because, you know, if I'm going to write about it, I got to walk the walk. And boy, has a lot of things changed for me since then. And just doing that daily, every day, having those practices and then following them and adhering to them. You learn so much about yourself and you can get to where you're almost an observer of your own mind rather than being in your head and letting your mind just kind of take you to places you don't want to go. You can actually see your thoughts and look back and you say, oh, does this thought serve me? And if not, get rid of it and move on. I'm really all about energy management rather than time management, okay? Managing your energy. And so then learning how to say, you know, if I sit and think about this for the next hour, I'm not going to finish that project that my boss has given me. Or if I, you know, we, you know how we ruminate and we, we replay those same things over and over. A wonderful book that I love, it's all about the telomeres. And I'll think of the name of it in just a second, but Elizabeth Blackburn was the author of it. And she talked about that mindfulness is really scientifically that you can prolong your life when you practice mindfulness and rumination. Stress, you know, the stress of being busy and having a busy life and a lot to do, that kind of stress does not aid you or add wear and tear to your life. You can actually live a very long life as a busy, successful person. But the kind of stress that really gets you and can shorten your life is the rumination, is thinking about the same thing over and over, something that you can't control, some little snarky thing that somebody said. So what I'm doing, what I began to do the minute COVID came, and and even now, 
is I'm showing everybody, including myself, an extraordinary amount of patience and kindness and deferment of any judgment so that we can get through all this. Because I decided if I got all mad because Best Buy couldn't deliver something on time, I need to think about what's going on in their business, what's going on in their workplace. So showing people favor, showing other workers, other workplaces favor, not only helps them, but it helps you not have stress that can threaten your life and your well-being. So it just makes you a happier person. But it starts with a daily meditation. You need to meditate 10 minutes or more. It's not very hard. There's a lot of apps out there, like 10% Happier, Calm, Headspace. There's a bunch of them. They're not that expensive. And, And a little tip here, you can email them and ask them for a price break, and they'll pretty much give you a subscription for whatever price you want to pay. Okay, just a little tip for you. And then they'll keep renewing it at that rate. But, you know, you do that and you invest in yourself. I find if you invest in yourself every morning, then you end up walking through that day as a successful person. If you start out your day as a defeated person, somebody that's still grousing about something somebody said to you last week, you're not going to end up getting where you want to go as far as successful on the ladder. The rate, the people that get the raises, the people that move ahead are the ones who can let those things go and move on. Well, I agree with you. And I saw something the other day on a social media post that said, we talk to plants, we see how they can grow. We talk to plants positively, we see how they can grow. What about how that would affect if we talked to each other that way? How would that help us each grow? And I think there's something to be said. And my sweet dad, I God bless him. I'll never forget this. You know, my father was from Malta. He came here when he was 12, but he was so bright. He had so much wisdom that I, I see coming out now. We call it mindfulness. But he used to say to me, you tell yourself you can't do it. You're not going to do it. But if you tell yourself you can, you're going to achieve it. It's all in your head, Marianne. I thought, oh my God, he's so crazy. But he was right. That's what mindfulness is about. It's about the mindset. It's about not ruminating. I think you're so right about that ruminating because I, I interview somebody and they come into me and all they do is tell me they got laid off, how unfair it is. And they should have not, the person, the other person should have gotten laid off. And then they go in to an interview, which makes it worse and talk to the HR person about that. And nine times out of 10, they're not going to get hired. So I'm not saying we're going to go in and act like we're, you know, la la land here and everything's wonderful and wishy wishy. No, but I think that starting that practice every day about getting your mind in a positive state, thinking about the benefits as opposed to the negatives the positive, and thinking about how you're going to go forward that day and make the best you can a situation out of that day. Now, something else, too, that setting your attention for the day. I want to be of service to as many people as I can. I want to make sure that in my words are the words that people need to hear. I mean, you can actually ask those things, but you really want to stay away from if you catch yourself. And it's a constant challenge. It's like working out, you know, people who say, oh, well, I used to be a bodybuilder. Well, great. You're not a bodybuilder now. I mean, what, whatever mindfulness, pre- oh, I used to meditate. Well, guess what? Used to meditate doesn't help you now. It's a daily practice thing that has to be done. You're only as strong. You're only as mindful as your practice is today. Just like working out. If you haven't worked out in a while, I mean, we need that exercise. It's really the basics, Marianne, are the good night's sleep good nutrition, good little exercise, even if it's just 10, 20 minutes, it's something and it makes you feel like a winner. 
keeping on track with your daily practices makes a big difference in your overall outcomes. Oh, I agree. Speaking of overall outcomes, I think you're a real good example of that because I know, Melanie, that you have been selected to be on some pretty prestigious boards and committees. And I'm sure these practices you yourself adhere to have certainly helped you to be considered for these wonderful board positions. Tell us a little bit about what you're on because it's pretty, pretty impressive. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I have been since I was a little girl, I was all, we even organized our toilet paper wrapping. We used to wrap houses. Our little toilet paper wrapping group had a hierarchy. You know, the doorbell ringer was the lead track star on our cheerleader and track team. You know, so I've always been a little organizer type person. But in law school, I was on the law student division. So I decided I was going to do a little law school placement program. I was going to ask the president of the state bar of Texas to come to our little program. And everybody couldn't believe it. They were like, you're going to ask the president? I was sort of like, yeah, why not? You know, start at the top, work your way down. If you're young, just have the guts to go out and do, ask top people. You'd be surprised. And another thing, Marianne, I really want to stress this. Find your own voice because nobody's going to give it to you. Do not sit around and wait for somebody to give you a voice. You have to get your own voice. It's not something that anybody doles out. You have to find your own voice. So I did the very first law student division placement program. This was in 1979, 79, 80. But that ended up turning into the Texas Job Fair that was the largest placement program for law students for the next 30 years, okay? So, I mean, it was, and, you know, I don't care about credit or whatever. It's just something that you do and you do it naturally. You know, follow the skills that you've been given naturally. Think back, what is it that you love to do the most? We don't all love our jobs all day long, every day. There's a certain amount of drollness, repetitiveness, and boringness to every job. I don't care what job it is. But you still, if it's something that you love and you get these outcomes. So when I asked the president-elect to be on the State Bar of Texas, Texas Bar Foundation, Board of Trustees, a couple of years before he was president, I didn't even think it was, he was even going to remember. And when he called me, you know what he said? He said, Melanie, they've given me a slate of nominees that they want me to pick, but I'm not going to follow the slate. I'm going to do what I want to do because it's my right. He said, and I'm picking you because of your hard work. Okay. That's it. My hard work is what got me there. All right. So whenever you work hard, you will be recognized. It may not come in the way and the fashion and the time that you think it should all the time. You may have years of feeling underappreciated, but if you don't give up, you just can't give up. And that's what my story is in my Defining Moments book is never, ever give up. It's a long road and you just got to have that tenacity. But I'm on the board of trustees. We give out over a million dollars in scholarships to nonprofits that work on increasing public education, awareness of the law, and anything relating to the law for people, you know, school kids and adults and seniors and immigrants and disadvantaged human trafficking, all kinds of interesting things. So I've gotten to learn about a lot of nonprofits that I would have never learned about and a lot of great programs. I was also honored to be the chair of the American Bar Association Solo Small Firm and General Practice Division about three years ago. And that I got to represent, I was the voice of law firms of 50 members or less, military lawyers, government lawyers. Just, it was such an honor to be able to do that. It was a, kind of a, 
a real height of my career. But I was also the first woman president of the Houston Young Lawyers long, long time ago. So Houston Young Lawyers is my baby. I still love the young lawyers. So those young lawyers that join those groups, if you're a young person in the workforce, make sure you join groups. And then guess what? Show up. Nobody is too busy not to give back. But those connections, those little fraternities that you create, if a young lawyer, a former president of a young lawyers association calls me, I pick up the phone. We have a lot connections and long-term connections. So don't just focus on your job. Focus on marketing and networking too. It'll get you where you want to go. Well, I think the information you provided today is, is just stellar. And I think it's going to benefit a lot of people out there, both companies, company heads, applicants, experts, what have you. But in closing, because we're almost near the end of our time here, Melanie, if you had a couple of tips to give people out there, maybe one tip for the corporations and one tip for the candidate, could you tell us, I mean, I know we've talked about a lot of different things. And one of the things that really comes to mind to me is you're so much about service. And I think that's so important in these times for sure. But if you had to summarize a couple of tips that you really think would help people out there to become the best employer or the best employee, who do you think those two tips would be? What I've heard from a lot of the big law, they're scratching their heads. They're like, we have programs. We do all these things and we're still not retaining the, our young associates. Obviously, they're not doing the right thing. So they need to just delve down into the organizations and figure out what it is. They have to have a process. The person has to know what they're supposed to do. So for the employers, making sure that people know what they're supposed to do, know what's expected of them, and so they can make it to where they can complete those tasks. And then also have some fun with them, do some talking, get to know them and relate to them on a level. Just that little small practice of going around the room and saying what's new and good, something I learned from Canfield, new and good. That made our book publications board just blossom and boom. The revenue went way up. Just those little practices, small little practices can really be game changers for productivity at work, but also in mindfulness too, but also for the interviewees, for the candidates, just showing who you are as a human and really conveying to the future employer that you want to help them get their goals accomplished. In other words, your goals will be fulfilled if you help them get their goals. I had somebody interview with me recently and he said, I need a laptop and I need a computer and I need a this. And I, he had like 15 things he was expecting from me before I even interviewed him. And I was sort of like, hey, dude, you got this wrong. I will give you all of those things, maybe depending on when I see what you can do for me first. So he kind of had the cart before the horse there a little bit. So that would be my recommendation to the candidates out there. And new businesses, make sure and see a lawyer. Don't, don't just rely on some company that you pay to do things. Just come see a lawyer. There's lots of good lawyers like myself out there that can help you. And Melanie, if people want to get a hold of you, what is your website? What is your yeah. website address? I'll have it on mine too, but fairmouth.com. But tell us what your website address is. My law website is www.braglawpc, P as in Paul, C as in cat.com, B-R-A-G-G-L-A-W-P-C.com. And my author website is Melanie Bragg, Melanie at MelanieBragg.com. Either one of those works. They all go to the same place. So I'm very accessible and I'd love to talk to anybody who needs my help or needs some encouragement or some advice. Well, Melanie, thank you so much for taking the time today to be on Career Can Do. You know, I think the world of you and 
I'll always promote you because I know who you are and what you are and the wonderful service oriented orientation that you have. So again, my name is Mary Ann Samuel. I'm a career coach, author, speaker. We've had Melody Bragg on Career Can Do, and we hope to all see you all next time. Thanks again, Melody. We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information presented. Thank you.